what's going on. Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos. If you are passionate about growth in your business, if you are growing a purpose-driven business and you want access to education, to resources, and to other amazing businesswomen who can help you do it better every single day, then this is the podcast for you. Julie Shopa has owned Clarity Financial for 10 years. She provides bookkeeping services for her clients who are ready to hand over their books so they can focus on what they love doing. During this live coaching session, Julie initially asks for clarification around her packages. I want to have packages that are easy for people to say yes to, was her statement to me. But after a bit of digging, it becomes obvious that her packages are just one piece of the larger puzzle. Her sales process takes forever. From start to finish, it can take weeks. And this is with people who reach out to her and are already ready to do business with her. So we spend this session dissecting her sales process and creating efficiencies, automation, templates. And yes, we chat about her packages and some easy ways she can begin to organize them so that she can ultimately take something that takes eight steps and turn it into four. I am a systems junkie, so I thrive when it comes to creating efficiencies. So I believe that anyone, whether you have a team or are working solo, can benefit from being more systemized in your approach to the work that you do over and over and over again. Just as a reminder that these live coaching sessions are here so you can get a deep insight into business issues, ideas, and challenges that we all face as we create strategies, solutions, and action plans that you can benefit from. It's also a great way to see just how transformative it can be to allow other qualified people to look into your business so you can save time, money, and energy that you would normally take figuring it out on your own. We are definitely in this together. If you are ready for a strategy session of your own, just contact me, bizwomenrock.com forward slash work with Katie, and you can set up your own complimentary 15-minute session to see how I can best help you. Now let's get the show rolling with Julie Shopa. What's going on, Julie? Thank you so much for being on the show. Hi, well, thank you for having me. I'm really excited that you're here. You're here for a live coaching session. And when you filled out the application, you had a really awesome thing that you really wanted to work on. And I think it's something that a lot of businesswomen are really struggling through. So I wanted to bring you on to be able to hash out this thing so that other women can really hear this and be able to take this information and use it for themselves. So before we get into that particular issue, tell us a little bit about your company. Okay. It's Clarity Finances. We provide bookkeeping services, training, just to help small business owners so that they have a process for their bookkeeping, whether we're doing it, they're doing it, that works for them. And also we discuss the numbers with them. So we don't just do the numbers. We want to talk to them about what they see on a monthly basis. Here's what I'm seeing in your profit and loss. Here's what I'm, the trends that I'm seeing and what can we do to either save you money, make you more money, just to help people be more profitable. How long have you had that business? I've had that for 10 years. Excellent. And then the piece that I'm branching out on is I really want to work specifically with businesses that have giving as part of their business plan so that we can work on how they can leverage that giving piece, be more profitable, have more to give, 
who to partner with, like the causes that you're passionate about, how to use your business to help them, that piece. So that's kind of a new direction or addition. It's really an addition. Yeah. It sounds like that really lights your fire right now. Like companies who sort of have it in their budgets really to give back to the community. Mm-hmm. Got it. So yeah. So if you don't, let's get you there. If you do, let's let's get creative and have fun with it. And I mean, I, I just love the Tom's shoe story and I have several pairs as well. But the whole idea that he started, I'm going to make these and give one away. And that was just the start of it. I love that. Love it. How cool. Okay, cool. So what are we working on today? What's the issue, challenge, or idea that you really want to dissect and get some clarity on? Well, with the bookkeeping part of the business, it's often hard for me to really make it just quick and easy for people to just choose to choose how they want to work with me. For some reason, I just, I feel like there's got to be an easy way to roll out some like packages that here's what you get on a monthly basis. If you, you know, and I've tried to do it a few different times and I just still am not finding something that people say yes to easily. So are you bringing clients on now more of like a very customized sales process type of a thing? Like you're talking to them, you're finding out more about them, and then you're sort of customizing what kind of work that they really need from you? Pretty much. Yeah. I'll, like I'll look at their, I work with QuickBooks. So I'll look at their QuickBooks file to see what's going on. And then I can tell from that basically what they're going to need and which services would be the most beneficial. And then I do a customized package with that. But it would be really nice to have something that would just be easy to look and be like, I just need this. And then they would just pick it and say, <laughs> and I just have had a hard time just creating something that works for me that way with my clients. Do you want it to be easy because you want them to be able to purchase this from like become clients off of the website or you just want to shorten that sales process? I definitely would like to shorten the sales process. I don't know if a service like yours can really be bought off of a website. Do you ever have people? Because I noticed on your website, if you go to sort of the different, I guess, niches or types of people who would Mm -hmm. be wanting your services, that's how you have it itemized out. The immediate thing there is not like a, hey, sign up today. It's more of like, fill out this form and then we can call you and start that process. So yeah, I would think that this isn't something that you can tap a button in here. Now we got everything from you, but just shortening that sales cycle. How long typically, out of curiosity, from the moment that somebody shows an interest and says, I'm interested in you to you've now closed them, gotten that first payment. And now you're like implementing your onboarding process. I mean, sometimes it's a few weeks. And I mean, these are people that say they want to work with me. It's not people that are like, oh yeah, I need a bookkeeper someday. Right. Those people can take forever. But (laughs) these are people that like, they do want to work with me. And just somehow my process is not making it Like once somebody actually says they want to work with me and I have an idea of what they want to do, it should be a matter of while I'm on the phone to me, I I can send them paperwork, some kind of a contract thing. And I have a contract. It needs to have some kind of customization in it, of course, to talk about what we talked about. But I should be able to send that to them. They should electronically sign it, send it back and send me the payment. Like that should be like during a phone call. Well, that's a should. What's actually happening? Walk me through your sales process. Usually I'll talk to the person if they're sure they just want to outsource the bookkeeping because some people are sure, some people aren't sure. If you're not sure, I book a consulting time with you. They just book right then, pay, and then we schedule a time and that's usually an hour, two hour session and I'll train them on some stuff and, and they either decide, yeah, I'm, I'm good, I'm going to do it myself 
for then we go through the process of, do you want to outsource it to me? But for people that want to outsource initially, I'll have a conversation with them, tell them the services that I provide and find out more about what all they really need to have done. Then I get them to, to share access to the file so that I can look at the file. So then I have to take some time, review the file, come up with some type of a proposal. I send them a proposal, follow up on the proposal, get them to get back to me. Then it's like, if they say yes, I send them the contract then they sign that and they just send the payment. I just feel like... Yeah, it's a lot. Gotcha. And so I, I actually just want to identify that this is more of a sales process issue and not just a packaging issue because packaging is a very big part of this. I agree. Like it's a pretty giant part called when somebody comes to you, how can you put them into the pro? Like, how can you know? It doesn't even need the forward facing folks don't necessarily need to know that you have certain packages. They can, and that might be an answer, but it's really just for your own knowledge and ultimately for your team's knowledge as you grow because they can say, okay, you're this type of client. You have this about this many transactions or this much revenue or whatever that is typically here are one of those three or four packages that we have. And this one's the ideal one for you, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. But that's just one piece of this whole puzzle. I mean, it it's, sounds like there's a lot of behind the scenes of what's going on in this whole process, the whole sales process. The, the term I always use is you could take 10 steps and make it into three, right? Two or three steps. That's about it. Well, that would be helpful. <laughs> awesome. Okay, well, well, let's talk about these steps then. So the first step is that there, and we're just talking about people who reach out to you. So I don't even want to talk yet about the people who are not sure and going through consulting time with you because that's a whole separate, you could basically add that on to about what we're about to talk about. Let's start with somebody who is interested. Is this a phone call or is this an in-person meeting? It's usually a phone call. Okay, how long is this phone call and what is the expectation of the phone call? The initial phone call is usually, it's a 20-minute call that's booked it's a fact finding for me to find out what it is that they're looking for. And then for, and for me to hear what their pain points are about their industry, the kinds of things that they're trying to accomplish with their numbers, what they think they need, as well as then I will usually tell them how I can meet those needs and will add on if there's something that they definitely need that they don't know they need, which is often the case actually with bookkeeping. And then I'll have that conversation. And and at the end of that conversation, the expectation is they will give me access to whatever they have. Or if they don't have anything, then there's just the proposal to set it up and, and move forward at that point. Almost everyone that calls me already has QuickBooks. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah, and it's bother and they're frustrated with it. <laughs> so first off, you have this 20-minute phone call. During that phone call, you're just you're basically gathering information. This is your discovery call. And at the end of it, you're basically doing your sales pitch. Here's what I can do for you. Here's how I can basically take care of all those pain points that you have. And at the end of it, you're not saying, give me a yes or no on whether you're going to work with me. You're actually saying, in order for me to put together a package for you and give you a proposal, give me access to your QuickBooks so I can really see everything. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, gotcha. Then what happens on your part? How often, by the way, does it take them longer than a day to send you access to their QuickBooks? 50% of the time. And that 50%, how long is that delay on average? Well, most people either send it right away or it's weeks. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so once you get that link, then what do you do? What do you do on the back end? You go and check. I'll go in, I'll look at it and analyze it, which I just recently actually documented what I analyzed because I thought, well, what do I usually look at? And when I didn't think too hard, I was able to like immediately, like if if someone else asks me stuff and I'm not trying to create content or trying to make a list and systematize myself, I can tell them exactly what I do, like easily. 
So I tricked myself into doing it. I actually came up with a list really easily. I've got that typed out. So now I have this checklist that I'm following that technically I think I could probably turn into something to give to the client. Like here's what I, you know, like a like a QuickBooks file review. So I'm working on what I do with that. But basically I look through those items and see what needs to be done as far as is the file in good shape to begin with, because that changes a lot of things. If someone's giving me a file that's all up to date, neat and clean, then I'm just going forward. That's pretty much doesn't happen to me. <laughs> I was going to ask you. That's not who calls me. <laughs> right, you know? right. So then I have to go back and clean up. So I'm going to have to explain to them the back work piece or the cleanup piece. Plus, here's the ongoing piece. And um Is that typically their pain point is they need their QuickBooks cleaned up or are they looking to outsource? No, they're usually looking to outsource. They usually think it's fine. They don't usually think that it needs to be cleaned up necessarily. So they just, they don't know. Okay, gotcha. Are there types of clients that are usually coming? uh, Actually, this is the question. When you get to that point where you now have your awesome checklist, by the way, I was going to suggest that before you mentioned it. And you have done this analysis of their QuickBooks, then what happens? So then I create a proposal, which is not, I mean, I don't have a proposal template. I have a contract, but not a proposal template. So depending on how detailed it is, sometimes I will give a suggested, because for some people, I want to give them a couple different options because there's different ways they could go. Like I, one person had somebody there. I'm like, I can either do it all for you. I can train someone there. Here's what would happen this way, that way. So I'll give them scenarios in an email and get a better feel for what they want to go for and then put it into the contract for them to sign. So you're between this analysis of their QuickBooks and creating the proposal, there can actually be a few emails back and forth. So that's time yes. too, right? Yes. Okay, got it. And then you guys listening can probably hear my brain like going right now. Okay, so then you finally do create that proposal. And you send it off to them. And that proposal includes what I sort of am hearing is sort of like, here's phase one, which is called, I clean everything up and organize it for you. And here's Uh phase two called, I can now do this on a regular basis for you. And are you always giving that option for them to be recurring clients basically in that way? Yeah, usually, well, usually I'm not going to clean them up necessarily unless they are a recurring client like okay. that so usually the top part is here's what the monthly fee is and this is what you get for that monthly in order to get the file up to whatever up what to speed I, basically enough but yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. to get the file in order basically what i've been charging is 75 dollars an hour for the back work if i can tell what it is then i give them a, a specific amount so that varies too because it depends how crazy it is or whether i can you know how i'm handling so you're basically taking that rate and in your head, you're thinking, okay, what's this initial, I keep calling it that phase one work, which is like kind of the project work, cleaning it up, getting it up to date, getting it to where you need it to be in order to, to work on it regularly. So you're coming up with what that project is in your head based on mm-hmm. your hourly rate. And so that can be customized. And then you're giving them like, okay, and here's how much it's going to be on a regular monthly recurring basis, right? Right. Okay. So you're making the offer, basically. Mm -hmm. And then what? Do they normally come back with, can I do this instead? And can I try this instead? Like how many, on average, how many emails are back and forth between? No, that doesn't usually happen. No, No, usually it's a matter of following up. They either get back to me and say, okay, let's get started. And then I can send them the contract and the payment. Sometimes I hear nothing. 
So that's when I'm like, all right, there's got to be something confusing about my process, which I, does not surprise me because it's it feels cumbersome. So it should be easier to just say yes or no, but to, de- to just decide somehow in the way that I'm approaching the whole process. Yeah. Okay. So there are two tracks that I want to discuss here. One track is called your sales process, and that's a whole conversation. Okay. There's this other track called your packages, which is what you originally wanted to talk about. And they are relevant to your ultimate sales process. But there are different questions that are going to get me answers to both of those things, okay? Or that's a whole different lineup of questions, basically. So let's talk first about your process, okay? And some recommendations that I can make, kind of first phase recommendations that I can make on how to clean this up a little bit. The first thing that I would do, and what I have been doing this whole time, is I create like a process flow chart, okay? So I'm showing Julie in my video right now what this looks like. It's not pretty. I don't know if you could see it. (laughs) It's not pretty. You're seeing my chicken scratch here. But, you know, if this were a video podcast, you'd be able to see it on my beautiful board behind me. But I would walk yourself through that process, okay? Because you need to know what happens first, what happens second, and then after that, and then they go here, and then I do this, and da-da-da. And that's pretty much what I did here. Because what immediately happens is I can see where efficiencies can be created. For example... This thing called a 20-minute phone call, my guess is that they've initially reached out to you to say that they're interested, and this is the question I didn't ask, is that initial interest done through your website, or is it done through an in-person networking meeting, or how is it, what's happening before somebody schedules a 20-minute call with you? It could be, it could be from my website, sometimes it's from my website, usually it's somebody that's been referred, because I'm in BNI down here. Then there's some up in Pennsylvania because I still, most of my clients are actually still in Pennsylvania. So there's some networking groups that I'm on in there. So people might refer me. Gotcha. How are they getting getting in contact with you? Are they sending you an email? Are they, are they giving you a phone call? It could be either one. So in order to get back to them, usually I try to schedule the call so that it's going to be at a time that we're both there. And I prefer to do it when I'm in front of my computer so that I can look at stuff. Okay. So what's immediately sticking out to me is in that initial touch, in that initial discovery call for you. You can have a lot of stuff there in the scheduling of that phone call. So if you, if somebody's reaching out to you via email and then you say, awesome, let's schedule a time. Here's the link to go schedule that. Or they're calling you and you're saying, great, let me send you the link to schedule this, right? Within a lot of different schedulers, and I don't know if this is available in yours, in my scheduler, and you know this because you scheduled through Calendly with me, I have the ability for anyone who's scheduling with me to answer certain questions. And so you can create a form when they schedule that asks them to answer some questions for you. Now, you have to ask them to enter the right questions. Like you don't want to get too much information at this point because you don't want them to spend too much time filling out that form. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, I don't don't even want to do this. It's too much time, right? So it's sort of you got to ask the right questions. So you want to ask yourself, what are the questions that you are always asking on the phone that you really don't need to ask on the phone. Meaning you could ask like demographic questions about them that you need to know so that when you're on the phone with them, you already know it. So you don't have to waste the time to ask those questions and hear their answers. You already know some of those basic questions. So figure out what those questions are. And then I would add those to the appointment form that they are filling out in order to schedule that 20 minute call. 
I debated on whether I should add, hey, put your QuickBooks stuff in here. But immediately that says like, no, that's you don't have that relationship yet where you can ask them for QuickBooks access. <laughs> you haven't earned that relationship before they've even had that call with you. But to shorten the learning curve between you asking for the QuickBooks access and you doing your assessment in QuickBooks, apart from them, what you could do is on that 20-minute call, you could literally say, great, I'm on the phone here. Why don't you go ahead and give me your, why don't you go ahead and email me your QuickBooks access? Now, they might say like, hey, I don't have it on me right now, or I'm in the car right now, or whatever that may be. But if you ask, it's more than likely. And by the way, in order to do this, you actually could put this in the autoresponder series of your appointment. You could say, hey, listen, we're going to get on the call. Actually, I would definitely recommend this. We're going to get on the call. Here's what to expect during the call. Here's what we're going to be going over. I'm going to find out a little bit more about you. So I want to know A, B, and C. I'm going to share with you a little bit about how we work and make sure we're a good fit. And assuming that we are a good fit, I'm going to need access to QuickBooks in order for me to put a proper proposal together. So please be ready on our call if it ends up being a really good fit to be ready to share your QuickBooks login information with me. So you're going to have to find the right words that feel good to you and that are in line with sort of your business personality there. But you can have that in the autoresponder. And what I mean by that is when somebody goes and sets up an appointment with you, at least in my scheduler, I can create the settings so that two days before we meet, this email goes out to them and this is what it says. A day before we meet, this is what it says. 30 minutes before we meet, this is what it says. So you can yeah, put information in there. tried to edit this. <laughs> Her, I promise I you this will save you so much time. So get that questionnaire, get, get those basic questions answered for yourself already. Send out in that autoresponder series an email so that they know what to expect at the meeting. And, and the language is, I want to make sure that we are making the best use of our time. And so in preparation for our meeting, please have these things prepared. And I will show up having these things prepared. Because this is a financial meeting. It's not like they're just showing up just to chat. Like they've got some goals here. And so they actually respect the fact that you want to make most of the time. And they're liking the fact that you're asking these questions because that tells them that's why you do what you do. And that's why you're good, right? Right. Okay, so right away, we have saved a whole heck of a lot of steps between book a 20-minute appointment, get everything off of that call, and then follow up, follow up, follow up to get QuickBooks, and then finally get QuickBooks. So your goal really is to get QuickBooks access live from them, whether they're on the phone and sending email to you right now, like you're walking them through that, because they may not even know where to get it, by the way. They might be like, oh, someone was doing it for me, and I don't really know where that access is. So you can walk them through how to get it, or just talk them through, like, okay, go ahead and email it to me right now. I want to make sure that I get it before we hang up this call, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Okay. So now then you go into your QuickBooks file review. So number one, you can at this point put an autoresponder that's attached to that appointment that gets sent out after. Okay. This would be a really smart thing to do. You could have that autoresponder say, thank you so much. It's sent, you know, maybe an hour after the call or three hours after the call or the day after. And it basically says, it was so great to chat with you today. I'm really looking forward to working with you. It would have to be like, it would have to mean that the majority of the people who are on that call, like all the people actually showed up for that call, you know, like actually did all that stuff. Otherwise it gets a little wonky there, but you could basically just have another one that says, oh, by the way, if we weren't able to get access to your stuff during the call, please make sure I get it on whatever time. Okay. So now we're moving over to another option, actually, instead of the autoresponder series. And this really just catches so that you're actually speaking personally to every single person that you did meet. 
create a template, an email template. Okay. Do you, what email system do you work in? Google. Gmail. You work in Gmail. Yeah. Perfect. Canned responses. Do you know that tool? I know it exists. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. So canned responses is what you're going to use. This is what it looks like. You're going to write the email that you would write to person X who showed up for that meeting with you after the, immediately after that meeting. And you're going to write a formal like, hey, it was so great to meet you. Really love chatting with you. Thank you for your QuickBooks information. I'll be in communication with you over the next 48 hours with a, a QuickBooks file review. And then you can tell them the process from there. You've probably verbally told this to them on the phone, but this is a way for you to put it in writing. You're going to create that. You're going to save it as a canned response, which basically means you're saving it as a template there in Gmail. And the great part is, is that you create that once, you save it as a canned response. And for every client that you have, all you got to do is pull up that canned response, change the appropriate name, change the appropriate like hello that you're saying, customize it in whatever way you need to. But the main core content is there. So then now it becomes about the QuickBooks review. Great. Kudos to you for making that checklist. That's amazing and wonderful. I would just keep track of how long that takes you because ultimately, if you can train somebody as your business grows, if you want to be training someone how to do that, start thinking about what am I reviewing? Okay, I've got that checklist. But like, how does that checklist translate into what I'm now communicating to the client? So just think about that. I don't know what the answer is there yet. Now you're creating a proposal and you pretty much answered your own question already. The most immediate time saver that you could do is create a template for a proposal. And here's what I would do. This is the part where it actually starts getting into what are your packages. And the way that I would answer this question for you is by you dissecting your past clients. Typically speaking, could you group your clients into two or three or even four different types of clients who need those types of services. Okay. So that's going to take a little bit of taking an inventory of your clients. Like go do a little bit of an analysis of your past clients and ask yourself a really great way to do this is to look at like who's paying what right now and what are their needs. It's sort of like a needs level. Like what do they need bare basics services? Do they need sort of medium touch services or do they need like high level services? That's probably the groupings that I would ask for. And the reason why that's pertinent for this part is because my guess is that you're going to have a proposal template that's pretty unique to each of those types. So when John Smith comes to you and he's a high level type of a person, you realize that as soon as you do his QuickBooks analysis and you're like, okay, great. That would typically be this type of package. Boom, you've got a proposal template for that. And you only really need to go in and change a couple of things. Now, you mentioned this idea of like, I, ha- I always have like a couple different types, like sometimes there are some options, you know, you could have that in the proposal. But I, and I think that it, I think that even offering those options in the proposal is fine. And that's still a good way to customize. But it would just be a matter of like, okay, typically for this type of client, what are those typical options? So even those you sort of know are templated. Now, I'm fast forwarding into... You basically have their proposal. You show them how you can best help them. You haven't sent the contract at this point yet because you really want them to agree to the proposal first, right? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. So what you could do, and you're going to have to go with your gut on this. There are two ways to do this. Number one is that you could say, okay, great. Here's your proposal. And you basically share that and say, choose. And then we can get started immediately and give them a due date. That is a really important thing. Like, you know, let me know if you have any questions. Otherwise, go ahead and send this back and then by whatever date and we can get everything rolling for you. So that's one way. And then once they send that back, you can then 
tell them in that proposal, here's how it works. Here's a proposal. I'm going to send you the proposal. You're going to say yes or no, make any you know tweaks or make any choices that you want. And then I will send you the contract and the payment, right? The payment link. So that's one way of doing it. Or you could send everything all at once. Here's what that might look like. Hey, John, cool. Had a great time. Did your QuickBooks analysis. Everything looks great. Here's a proposal I put together for you. I'm really excited to take this weight off of your shoulders so you can get busy making money and running your company. I've included the proposal, the contract, and the payment link for your convenience. If there are any questions about any of that, please respond back. Let me know. And then we can adjust from there. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. If I haven't heard from you by this date, I'll follow up. It's making a very assumptive close. Now, by this time, you've developed a little bit of a relationship with them. So I feel like your proposal, they're not usually surprised by your proposal is my guess. So like the only reason that they're coming back at you after the proposal is because they have maybe made one of the three choices that you've given them. So I guess that would be the only time when you have to hold back on that payment link and and contract because you haven't quite yet figured out exactly what that is. So I would say anyone who doesn't get those options gets all that stuff all at once because it's an assumptive like, hey, here it is. I'm basically delivering exactly what you said that you wanted. Here it is in written form. Here's a contract. And I, you know, for convenience, I've included the contract and the payment link so we can get this all taken care of. I'm looking forward to starting with you as soon as possible. Yeah, that makes sense. And then for those who you have given options to, um, it could just be like, hey, here's the proposal. You'll notice here in part one that I've given you a couple different options. Get back to me as soon as you can, ideally before next Wednesday at this time, so that I can go ahead and update their proposal with what is ideal for you and get everything sent over so we can get rolling. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any questions there? No. Whew. We literally just took one, two, three. We took about eight steps and made them into four. Yeah, that's better. <laughs> that's a lot better. Yeah. It requires some automation on your end and it requires taking the time to make those templates. Automation is time intensive up front, but saves you a lot of time on the back end. Mm-hmm. So we didn't really get to dive super deep into the packages, but what I would recommend for creating those packages is doing just that. Like figure out, go look at your past clients and figure out like, what are the three typical camps that they would go into? And what are the typical services that they need? Each of those types of clients need or the level of service that they need at that level. And then kind of start creating some packages around those. Okay. Okay. Does this help? Yes. Yay. Okay, good. My goal is to make it a shorter time period between somebody showing their interest in you and closing the deal and you guys getting to work doing what you do best, which is servicing them so they can get on and run in their businesses, right? Yeah, definitely. Awesome, Julie. Okay, good. So go forth, do this process. (laughs) And my only ask of you is to come back into our private Facebook group and share with us how this goes. As you start experimenting with this, as you start tweaking this up, let us know how this goes. And I promise you, this is going to start saving you a lot of time, but more importantly, a lot of headache and quicker to the closing of these awesome sales. Definitely. And the automation, I hadn't really, I don't know why I hadn't thought about it, that I can actually change some of the automation that is in the scheduling section. Because I've been using it for a lot of stuff because it automatically reminds people of appointments Mm -hmm. and stuff, but I've never tried to edit anything. I just, oh, look, I can click this and it'll go. So that'll be cool. Yeah. Love it. If if you are ever answering the same question more than two or three times, or if you are ever asking the same question more than two or three times, 
that's when there's an opportunity for automation. That's when there's an opportunity for where can I ask this and gather this information so I don't have to ask it on this phone call? Or where can I answer this information so I don't have to answer it 12 times? Yeah. All right, girl. You feel good? Um, yeah, I'm writing a note to automate this. <laughs> automate. Yeah, because I basically, awesome. I just keep answering it and like, oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Save some time, girl. Save uh-huh. some time. All right. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode. I never take it for granted that you, a very busy and high performing woman entrepreneur, listens to the Biz Women Rock podcast. If you got any value out of today's show, if there were any aha moments that you had, I would so appreciate you turning around and sharing it with another woman entrepreneur who needs that aha as well. From me and the entire Biz Women Rock team, we'll see you on the next episode.